In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. Talking today, for those of you guys who are business owners or thinking about being business owners, about the problem of being too busy to grow. This is something that we hear a ton with people that we either mentor or people that are thinking about doing business mentorship. It's just a really common problem. And Jesse has some thoughts. And so we're going to talk about how to combat the too busy to grow mentality. We talk about problems always are going to exist in the business. Like this is a good problem. The first problem you have is you're not busy enough. And then very shortly, you end up with this problem where you're actually too busy and it starts to inhibit your ability to grow. And I wanted to bring in a metaphor, Nicole, if you will, from the Cozine Orchard. Orchard. (laughs) Orchard. You guys, we have like two lime trees and a lemon tree. All dwarfs. So they're all like a (laughs) foot and a half tall. But it's my orchard, okay? It is. Jesse very much tends to it. He gets mad when I water it too much or too little or... No, just too much. (laughs) They're not mangroves, Nicole. (laughs) Okay. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. But I'll give you guys an example from that. You know, we've got those little lemons, right? And you're actually supposed to pluck those if you want the plant to grow taller. Because otherwise, it's going to just keep putting all of its energy into making those lemons and limes, and won't have any energy left over to actually grow taller, which eventually will make it produce more fruit because it's bigger, it's got more leaves and all the things. But if you just kind of leave it there and let it continue to produce as much fruit as it can, it's always going to stay really short and stubby because it's never going to have that extra energy, that extra oomph it needs to grow taller. Well, the same thing can happen in practices where you're so busy, your lemons here are treating patients generally, you're so busy with that that you don't have time to do the work on the business that's going to allow you to grow to the next step. You're so busy tending to what you're already producing that you're never going to be able to get to that next level of success. That is a great metaphor, Jesse. Good job. Hey, I know. Sometimes you're looking quizzically about the metaphors, but that one was pretty spot on. Pretty spot on. And we see this just time and time again. And so we're going to go through a couple of different examples of this. So Jess, go ahead and go over to the first one. Well, it's easy. I think as you're talking about like different areas of business where this can happen, where you get stuck in this rut. And I think we get into this feedback loop of more patience And we don't necessarily realize exactly what that translates. So I think a lot of people, when they're starting to think about business, they're like, oh, well, I see 40 patients a week right now at my employer. If I just saw 40 patients a week myself, then, and I kept all that money, I would be a bajillionaire. 
and they don't realize that, yeah, but that comes with the necessity to market, to do all the admin tasks, to manage the cancellations and the schedule, to manage people's requests for super bills and just all of the stuff that goes into seeing a patient. So if you're a solopreneur, 20 to 25 patients a week, you're cranking. That's a lot of people to be seeing if you don't have other help. Yeah. So if you're, I mean, if you're seeing 20 to 25 patients, I mean, what would you say, Jess? People are working, quote unquote, working probably in that like 40 to 50 hour range. Yeah. We would always say between two and three times the number of patients you see is the amount of work that you're going to have to fill that. And part of what we want to do for those who work with us is to reduce that to where it's more like two times and things get more efficient and you have better systems and, and you take a little bit less time away from patient care. But I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of work that's associated with seeing a patient, getting that person in and out of the door. And so as you get more successful and people start talking about you in the community or you get more people in the door, I don't think we realize that jumping from maybe 10 patients a week to 20 patients a week, people are like, oh, that's just an extra day of patients. And it's like, well, that's like two or three days of actual work. And now you end up so buried with everything, it's really difficult to do the things that you know are important to the business that are going to help you grow. You don't have time to do that because you're tending to all of your lemons. So this is also exacerbated, just as an aside, by the fact that very few of us have boundaries, especially when we're starting our practice. (laughs) So your schedule might be all over the place. You might be seeing 25 patients, but you're doing that on five different days of the week and starting at 8 a.m. and your last patient's at 6 p.m. And your schedule's all over the place with all that. And you're doing all your admin stuff in between there. That's a whole nother problem for another day to talk about. But it can make it, I mean, talk about entrepreneurial burnout. Like, that will do it. Right. And then you're stuck being like, what the fuck am I actually doing? Because I thought this was supposed to be easier. And it's definitely, or not easier, but less time. And it's actually way more time than I was ever spending. Right? What's that phrase about, I became an entrepreneur to and work 80 hours to not work 40. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's kind of like that. And you you can set your own hours as an entrepreneur, any 12 hours a day, seven days a mm-hmm. week, you choose, right? And so a lot of times it's easy to fall into that trap. And so let me give you three examples of where we see this in different places. So one is when people start and they have a side hustle and they're usually working either at their old employer or at home health or some PRN position, whatever that is. And they're working three or four days someplace else. We've actually had a mentee of ours who was kind of stuck in this for a long time. And it really took, honestly, it was the group more than us that urged to break through this kind of lock jam. <laughs> Urge. I would say more that we bullied her into like, be like, come on, get your shit together. And we, just, you've got to quit. We got to do that. Yeah. It's still my dream to have somebody like quit live on a coaching call. It hasn't happened yet. We've had somebody raise their prices live on a coaching call Uh before, but never somebody who's like called their boss and quit like while we were right there (laughs) or sent that email. But she was working three, I think, days a week at her old employer and then was saying, you know, I'm only seeing eight or nine patients in my own business and I need to be seeing 12 or 14 before I can really make that leap. And we were saying, well, you're not going to be able to get to 12. You only have one day a week that you're able to work on your own business. You're squeezing people in in the morning before you go to work and the evening after you go to work. Clearly, your time is the limiting factor here. The fact that you're doing eight, nine, ten patients a week, having one day and a Saturday morning available to you with kids, by the way, is crazy. You're amazingly successful for this limited thing, but you're now so busy that you can't grow. You're working three days a week for somebody else. 
You don't have time to do the things that would impact your business. Do you know that if you had three more days a week that you could do more? If the answer is absolutely, then you're right now, you're too busy to grow. You're stuck. And sometimes you can be stuck like that. And some of you guys listening might be nodding along. You can be stuck like that for years because you don't quite have the numbers to truly make the leap. And it's not really realistic what you're expecting of yourself. And you're too busy to grow when you're in that situation. And this is also a good example of somebody that is almost too much by the book in the numbers because it's such like a oxymoron, if that's, I don't even think that's the right word, but like a juxtaposition of like, you know, you're, you quote unquote know your numbers, but then you're not taking into account other parts of the math equation that aren't ever going to equal the sum that you want. And so it's like, I get that you're like, I'm proud of you for like looking at this with such objective mind. And then also there needs to be some some subjective amount that you're just going to have to take the leap because this math equation that you're trying to solve is like never going to work. Yeah. I think sometimes- How's that for a metaphor? That's a good metaphor. We, (laughs) yeah, we sometimes leave the magic out of the math where you've got all of that stuff, but we don't realize, you know, the magic of having that time, of having your back against the wall, of needing to make something happen and trusting in yourself to handle the outcome as a entrepreneur, as a business owner, taking that leap. And there's always going to be a leap. You're never going to grow so perfectly that there's not going to be a time when it feels scary. So that's an area where you can absolutely get trapped in this too busy to grow. The next place we see this, Nicole, is just with strictly solopreneurs, running their own practice, doing their own thing. They get super successful, oftentimes a little bit quicker than they were even expecting. And they're stuck doing their 25, 20 patients a week, 25 patients a week, doing all the admin stuff. They got 50 hours a week just taking care of that. You're probably struggling to even call people back. You might be doing something silly about just emailing people instead of calling them. You might be trying to set up discovery calls with folks because it works better with your schedule. A lot of times we start doing kind of crazy things when we get that busy and you don't have the time to hire, to put out an ad, to interview candidates, to train and onboard, whether this is an admin or another clinician, that's the thing that's going to move you forward when you're stuck here. And if you've made the decision that that's what you, what you want to do, a lot of times people get stuck in this position for a long time And even when they finally do, or maybe sometimes somebody falls into their lap, like, oh, a friend's cousin wants to work at my admin desk. Awesome. I don't have to hire and I don't have to train and I don't have to do any of these things because they worked someplace else that was kind of similar. And then we don't have the time to train and onboard and mentor. And then our staff is dissatisfied or not doing well or ends up leaving because we never took the time. We were too busy to grow in that season of the business. And it's a huge trap that we see over and over again. Yeah. And I feel like I would have fallen into that trap had I not had the luxury of having you, Jesse, and and your full-time job at the time was flexible enough to allow me to have you at the pelvic sanity. But that is something that we see a ton. And at the end of the day, the, the thing that sucks about that problem is that you're going to have to do it eventually. The longer that goes on, the bigger the problem it's going to be. And you can't avoid having to revamp your whole training process and going back and you might lose, you might lose staff members. You know, there's a lot of inefficiency in doing it that way if you don't do it right from the beginning. But it's hard to see the forest from the trees in, the, in that 
situation. So we're not saying that that's easy at all, but we definitely see that that's a huge solopreneur trap that in that too busy to grow phase. You're right. And here's another thing that, that kind of saved us a little bit, Nicole, is that at the time where we were growing public sanity and in this kind of too busy phase, we didn't have kids. So our schedule was more malleable than it is for somebody else. So our saving grace, I mean, I appreciate you saying some of it was me and I hope I was helpful, but some of it was just the fact that you had the capacity to expand your hours. That totally. you were seeing 45 patients and then still saying, you know what, I'm going to stay up late this night and put together this ad. I'm going to stay up and do this. It, it, so for us, it was like the ability to expand our work week to 60, 70, 80, 90 hours during that phase of the business. We had that cushion because of that's where we were in life. Now, if we wanted to try to do that today, we wouldn't have a chance in hell. Like We would have hit the wall so much faster. Mm-hmm. Because we couldn't just keep adding hours to the business the way that we did. And it's one of the reasons that we are so passionate about coaching is because that wasn't a smart, sustainable thing. It worked for us and our personalities and our stage in life, but I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, totally. Which is another, I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent, so bear with me. But don't, I'm looking at Jesse being like, bear with me to calm down because he always is like, stay on track. But this is also why in our coaching, like we can't just be like, this is how we did it. You should do it this way too. That would be unethical of us to be like, oh yeah, by the way, just keep adding more hours to your day, grind it out, do all the things. It's like that doesn't work. And that's not how we would do it if we did it over again, for sure, even without kids. So pick your coach smartly. Yes. and Yeah. (laughs) You should be learning from your own, right? That's a really great point too, is that even if we were telling people about our experiences, it's usually as a cautionary tale. Right. It's it's not do it this way. It's like, watch out for this. Yes, totally. So that's another way you can get stuck is in that like busy solopreneur phase. And I want you to know too, just, we did a podcast on this a while back, but that does not mean that you're happy as a clam just because you're busy. Yes. In fact, you might be very unhappy. Unhappy as a what? What's an unhappy? Unhappy as an Eeyore. You might oh, be an Eeyore. You might be an Eeyore in your business. Oh, shucks. I got so many patients, I can't go home until nine. Well, my family won't know me when I get there anyway. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, don't that's be an Eeyore in your business. Don't be an Eeyore in your business. So just because you're busy does not mean that you've got your systems dialed in, that you're efficient, that you're going home when you want to be going home, that you have the work-life balance that you want. Like that, just being busy is not a good thing in and of itself. Now, you do have to, I mean, it's not a bad problem to have, but it is a problem nonetheless. So the last one that I've got here, this is another one that we very nearly fell into, or frankly, probably did. It'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on it, Nicole. But as a multi-clinician practice, when you have other clinicians and you're bringing people in the door and you're still seeing a sizable chunk of patients, I'm talking 10 to 15 to maybe even up to 20, 25 patients. This is something we work with our folks in the CEO program on. It is really hard to do all of the things you need to be doing as a CEO, as a leader, as somebody who's creating the culture of your company, as somebody who's the mentor, as somebody who is, you know, reviewing folks and giving them feedback and ongoing training to do all of that stuff and still be seeing a semi-full patient caseload is really, really difficult, and it's really difficult to do well. Yeah, I think that this is a trap that we fell into, totally. And, you know, it's interesting looking back at Pelvic Sanity's history because, you know, we didn't have any attrition with employees until well after COVID, and which was well, I mean, we started in 2016, COVID happened in 2020. 
20. We didn't have anybody leave until, I don't know. Yeah, yeah late 2020, 2021. But bottom line is that I don't know if I would have been able to, quote, save anything with pelvic sanity after the, the great shakeup with COVID and all the things. But I was not being a good leader of pelvic sanity at that time. If I really am like honest with myself, I wasn't doing that well. I wasn't mentoring well. I wasn't teaching and training well. I was doing it, but I wasn't doing it well. And you thought you could lead by example if we're really looking back at that. I thought I was just like, oh, well, I'm going to keep seeing these patients because that's what's going to get everybody's respect. And that's what they'll just see me do it and emulate that. Well, I mean, that's just dumb in pelvic rehab in general, because we're behind closed doors with our patients. So I don't know what I was thinking there. But also, like, I feel like there was a yeah, just like, look at me doing it too. I'm with you. I'm in the trenches with you. And that there is something to be said for that, I think, but not at the expense of being a true leader in your business. And, and, I think in a perfect, perfect world, and this world is never perfect, and there's never going to be a perfect way to do this with your staff, but if I were to to draw out a perfect way to do this, the second that you decide to hire somebody, I would say, again, don't do this, but I would say in a perfect world, it would be like I would immediately stop taking patients and then grow to the point and, and hire to the point that and not take any patients during that whole time, get everything under the belt, getting the whole thing running smoothly, and then see like how many patients I would really want to have the capacity to take on. Instead, what we mostly do is we go from a lot to cutting 10% to cutting 10 more percent. And it's just like this slow death of, of seeing patients on your schedule. When I really believe that in a perfect world, if you just cut it and just say, I'm not taking new patients right now, focus and put all of your energy that you were seeing patients into your staff and the culture and the people then and then add back in the stuff. I think that that would be, again, in a perfect world, what we would do. What do you think about that, Jess? Yeah. Your role changes when you have, especially other clinicians, not so much when you have admin. Admin brings in help and your role changes a little bit. You can offload some of the stuff from your time. But man, when you have another clinician who's able to provide the service of the business, your role changes. And it's almost that we're ostriching and putting heads in the sand if we're not acknowledging that and trying to see the same caseload that you were seeing before you hired somebody. And we did this, so no condemnation. Like, this is the natural tendency. Oh, nothing's going to change. I'm just going to have somebody else with me. And it's like, no, everything is going to change. And, you know, another area we see this really struggle is you're seeing all of the same patients that you were beforehand. Your new person is filling, but they're filling more slowly than you would like, more slowly than they would like. They're frustrated. You're frustrated. Together, you guys are looking at every patient who falls off and finger pointing. They're saying, you didn't get me enough evaluations. You're saying, wait, where did all the evaluations I did get you go? And that's because you haven't trained well. And it's because you're not spending the time out in the community marketing when In reality, if you could fill that person's schedule, they're happy, they're content, they're getting more reps under their belt, and now you're ready to hire your next person. So we don't ever think about that opportunity cost, and sometimes this is us being penny wise and pound foolish when you're saying, and I know we were thinking this, Nicole, wow, Nicole can still keep cranking at 35 patients a week even as she's running this place because, hey, do the math, 35 times whatever. 
And in reality, that was slowing our growth substantially. What would have been better is to have all of the rooms at Pelvic Sanity full with clinicians who are rocking and rolling. Yeah, totally. You know, the other thing that when we're doing our coaching, either group or one-on-one in, in any of our programs, the way that I know that somebody is struggling with this is that if they're like, okay, cool, I have this really good candidate and she wants to work 25 visits a week. And I don't know if I have if I have that for her. And I'm like, well, how many patients are you seeing? 20? It's like, right. So you do have the volume to fill your schedule with 20. So you surely have the ability to give, to get volume 25 to 25 for her. As long as you stop taking the effort to fill your own schedule. Right. right? This is the pruning the lemons from your schedule so that the whole plant can grow, bringing it around full circle there with my metaphor. But Nicole, how do we get out of this? I've got a couple of suggestions and this is not an easy fix. So I don't want you guys thinking that, oh, this is it. But we need to create margin in the business somehow. We can't be running full out all the time. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I'm not familiar with running, but it seems to me that if you start off a marathon like you're Usain Bolt trying to do 100 meters, that's not going to end well for you. You've run a half marathon at least, like, correct? I have, correct. Okay. In fact, sometimes you have to like pace yourself because you're so excited at that. And like the first couple miles, you're on pace for, you're like, oh shit, I'm not going to be able <laughs> I am going to crash and burn. That is what y'all are doing. Yeah. So acknowledge if you're in this situation, if your time is the limiting factor in your business, acknowledge that you're too busy to grow and then realize that you're going to have to implement things that get you your time back. There's a lot of ways to do that. It's pretty individualized, but streamlining your schedule, potentially pruning down and taking fewer patients or condensing your schedule so that you actually have an administrative day to be able to do stuff. There's a lot of ways we can get there. But we also have to think about that opportunity cost. And are you continuing to just see as many patients as humanly possible at the expense of your growth? And if that's the case, then we need to make some changes. We need to modify that because it is really easy to get stuck in that too busy to grow phase and stay there for much longer than you need to or than you really wanted to in the beginning. Yeah. And this is a place where honestly, coaching really can help. Because there are a lot of ways to get to your end goal, but sometimes it's hard for you to see them yourself when you are the one that's doing it, or you're the one has to do all those tough decisions and analyze it. It's it's a lot easier to analyze your business with somebody and then come to that conclusion together where you're like, oh, I do see this, right? Because there are just like limiting things. And it's usually hard decisions. If it was an easy decision, you would have already made it, right? So there's usually something that's holding you back from doing that, whether that's, you know, a patient holding you hostage because they really love and have to be there on Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. And so you're always treating until 6.30, even though the whole reason you started your practice was to be done at four and you've managed to justify it to yourself because they're a good patient because you like them because whatever, right? That might take a difficult conversation with that person. If you want to consolidate your schedule, we had to do this at Pelvic Sandy. That was a real life example that really held us back. So just be thinking about some of those things. And and really the first part of this is just the awareness. Are you too busy to grow right now? And if that's the case, then the only thing that is going to get you out of that is pruning down and being able to have some more margin in your business so you can work on it and work on the things that are going to actually grow and be important long term 
as opposed to just producing as much fruit as possible today. So hope that's been helpful. If that resonates with you at all, please reach out. Let us know if you've got a story around that. If you want to see some of the stuff that we do on the business side, you can go to pelvicptrising.com slash business and see some of that stuff. Hope this is really helpful. I hope it keeps you out of that rut. As always, we'd love to hear from you. We appreciate you listening and would love to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise. Rise.